Hello and welcome to part two of the Halloween special variety oh, of oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> No Other Crackpod. Hello. Uh, so thanks to everybody who listened to episode one and gave us all the great feedback on the spooky stuff. Um, and we are excited to delve into more Halloween trivia, etc. Today. It was only the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. People are really um, awaiting the story. <laughs> Oh yes, the ghost story. There was a few messages saying they were dying for Dominic Shields' ghost story, which we will be including in this episode. An exclusive. An exclusive tale. (laughs) For first time on Irish podcast. You all right there? At me? Oh yeah, Darren was making a face. I thought that we weren't recording or something. (laughs) Apologies. Um, So you're going to... Oh, I have a Kick it off. fact check following on from episode one. So if you haven't listened to episode one of the Halloween special, I'd suggest you go and do so. But we mentioned oh. a movie. It took a lot of courage for me to mention said movie, The Babadook. Oh. <laughs> but I've actually given myself now, um, I suppose, what's the word? Like I've kind of... You faced your fear? Yeah, I faced my fear and um, I mentioned that the Babadook's a gay icon so I just wanted to fact check that because we were wondering was it a notion to me? But was it, it is a, a dream? <laughs> so I'm going to read a couple of facts about the Babadook's gay icon status. Where did it come from? Where did it go? <laughs> there are two types of people in this world. People who know that the Babadook, the namesake of the acclaimed 2014 Australian horror film, is a queer icon and people who will soon find out that the Babadook is a queer icon. (laughs) My God. So like the icons that came before him, the Babadook story is one of hardship, (laughs) endurance and queer protest, though that not might be immediately apparent. But while its anointment as an icon might be less straightforward, the Babadook's status as an LGBTQ hero is ultimately, ultimately no less valid. So, Mr. Babadook, as the figure is... Mr. (laughs) Babadook. Mr. Babadook. That already makes him a lot more, you know, human. (laughs) Mr. (laughs) Babadook of 11 (laughs) Hawthorne Heights. (laughs) As the figure is referred to in the movie, is queer in the most empirical sense. Its existence is defiance, and it seeks to break down the borders of acceptability and establishment. Haunting a small white family in an Australian suburb is a radical act. And the Babadook did that. <laughs> John Paul Brammer, a journalist and queer Babadook enthusiast, has said. <laughs> While I must make it clear that I was not the first to acknowledge the Babadook's burgeoning status as a queer icon, I do count myself among the most vocal supporters of the movement to recognize that the Babadook is a ra- radical representation of queerness. But it actually just came from a young fella who decided this on <laughs> Tumblr. Yeah, I didn't know Tumblr was still a thing. He just said that he he kind of resonated with the Babadook, and he was like, uh, "Come on, people! The Babadook is clearly a queer icon." And then all like hundreds of thousands people of people on, agreed yeah. with him, and it caught on. Um, so yeah, that's where did it come from? Oh, one of the the Tumblr tweet type thing says i mean he created a pop-up book of himself for the sheer drama of it all if that's not queer i don't know what is (laughs) (laughs) 
So yeah, like that's it's just that's I think where it, I it think came it's from. a coping mechanism. Yeah, it's a coping mechanism, but to deal with the Babadook. I'm not scared of him anymore. And just to mention about the Babadook, remember I said that I thought I'd watched it. I have since realised I haven't watched the full film. Mm. And I don't know, will I? No, it was just clips that I watched, but then during the week I'd watched a clip on YouTube. And to be fair, I did watch it with one eye closed. That's yeah. another coping mechanism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A so. cushion over the face is a good one. <laughs> Mm. So that was our fact check. So yes. into TV Guide, mm-hmm. I had watched a film in the last week. You're a Jamie Foxx fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love him. So watched this film called Day Shift. Right. And I thought I'm going to watch it because it is kind of half Halloween related. Oh. So Jamie Foxx is in it, Dave Franco and Snoop Dogg. Mm hmm. So it's a hardworking dad out to provide for his daughter uses a boring pool cleaning job as a front for his real gig. Mm-hmm. What's his real gig, Marie? What's the name of the movie again? Day Shift. Come on. Day Shift? Like a drug dealer? No. <laughs> no! <laughs> he hunts and kills vampires! Oh, oh, oh right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's actually quite Great. enjoyable, yeah. <laughs> 56% on Rotten Tomatoes. And who, 56? Not too bad. And yeah. what's Jamie Foxx's character? Is he Jamie a Fox, or the, mm, No, the Jamie Foxx is the, he's the pool cleaning guy that oh, goes around yeah. killing vampires. And then Dave Franco's like this guy that's kind of up and coming in this whole force that's fighting against vampires. And then Snoop Dogg is another guy that's in the force. And it's funny, you yeah. know, when I was watching it, do you know what I ended up Googling? What height is Snoop Dogg? <laughs> Why is he well tall? Yeah, he's awful tall. He's like six foot two. Is he? One of the tallest rappers out there, apparently. Right, good trivia there. Yeah. I love Dave Franco. He's so funny. And he's quite short, actually. Oh, is <laughs> I, I can't remember what. A small king. Because when you've seen Snoop Dogg beside Dave Franco, I was like, Jesus, there's a big height I difference. What height there, Dave Franco is? Snoop. Oh, he's six four. Six four. Yeah, Darren's confirming that Snoop Dogg and is Dave six Franco? four. What is he, five foot eight? <laughs> you can never tell people's height though, you know, when you're watching them. Yeah, it's only when you're watching them beside he's, people. He's five foot five and three quarters. No five way. and three quarters. I told you. Five five. And you imagine that beside the towering Snoop Dogg. Mercy. <laughs> yeah. And anyway, that's on Netflix. That's on Netflix. Kind of scary. Day shift. It's not really scary. No, like, it's like a funny kind of horror. horror. It's funny, yeah. like, it's funny. Mm. I would recommend watching it. Okay. Um, I don't have any like new TV guide stuff, but I was trying to rack my memory about what other movies had really scared me. Oh. Um, and one that I found very, very scary was the movie 1408. Have you ever seen that with John Cusack? No. Um, so it's also based on a Stephen King novel and it's also set in a hotel. And it's Gee. about, I think, I can't remember, is he, John Cusack's oh. character, a journalist, but he has to stay in this room that's haunted. 1408. No, Jesus, I would not watch that. That's a tight watch. That's, see, that to me is too real. Oh, God. We all go to I, hotel I screamed rooms. in the cinema. 1408. Yeah. No, I would like, not. But it gets 79% in Rotten Tomatoes and it, it will give you a fright. Yeah. But it'll definitely taint hotels for you for a long See, time. See, this is it. I'm okay 
with like, I'd say I'm hard to frighten with like jump scares and all that kind of stuff. But see, when you focus it on something that you do regularly, like, you know, stay in yeah. a hotel, you'd be lying in a hotel. Like, you'd never stay in a hotel. No. Again. Sometimes, like, I had to go to stay in a hotel in Port Leash for work on my own. And I thought about it, like, well, I was like, oh, God, why? Why did I think back to the movie? I know it's the worst thing you think of. Yeah, like I was all co- like living my best life, having room service and everything, and then I had to go and think about it. Yeah, so it is very frightening. And there's a song that keeps playing in it. You know that song? We've only just begun. Whatever oh, yeah. Called. That plays over and over and over, so it ruins that song as well. Oh, I would think that would soften the tone. Would it? No. No. Oh. And then another movie that we didn't mention or another franchise that we didn't mention is Halloween. Yeah. So like I, I think that. wait, that's that deserves an honorable mention. Like. Oh, it does. So what it came you... out in nineteen seventy eight. And it's obviously the slasher franchise about Michael Myers starring mm-hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis. And she was on the late late. Oh my god, did you see that? I didn't see it. But she looks great. She's a ledge. Yeah, it's she well is. worth watching that clip. I seen her clip that she had up, you know, the teenage dirtbag trend. Mm. And she put up like she's gee, she hasn't aged like. No, she and she's aged very great. No, she has she has like, aged like but in, very gracefully. Yeah. But I think it's her energy. She's mm-hmm. just good old crack. Yeah. And she's very vibrant or something, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. She's a great smile, like she's a genuine smile. Yeah. Like she, salt she, of the earth. Salt of the earth is the description because she that late late last week. I sound like seventy Jesus. year old, but it was brilliant. Pull it back, Marie. Stop it. You're going down. <laughs> nope. Because it, it was on, and I was like, "Oh, the little late." You were like, and then I was hooked. With Jamie Lee Curtis. The two Johnnies were on it. Jamie Lee Curtis was on it. Can't mind who else. Was okay, on it. we'll leave the late late show segment there. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, look up the clip of her on it. And she's also going viral on TikTok. Did you see that? Her and an Irish woman that she met on the street. No. Oh, it's so funny. The Irish woman is there like, a, I loved you in Halloween and all this. And then she, <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis just keeps chatting away. And oh. the Irish woman's just like, Anna, I don't want to be keeping you. <laughs> <laughs> like pure mannerly people pleaser Irish person. Like, oh. but yeah. And then lastly for... TV guide on my side anyway was dad had all, my dad's obsessed with like murder documentaries murder YouTube things anything to do with murders and he kept telling us about this really chilling murder documentary he watched uh, called The Watcher oh. had you heard about that yeah I seen that it's coming on Netflix yeah yeah. So, yeah but I actually hadn't heard of it beforehand but I seen I think it was kind of the advertisement on Netflix for it. Mm. It's not out yet though, is it? No, it's out on October 13th because I know I was about to mention it a little bit last week, but I didn't have enough facts. So it's on Netflix on the 13th of October. Um, and it's about a family who move into a suburb in New Jersey and they keep getting these sinister letters from a person who may have lived there or who's watching over the house called The Watcher. Mm. Completely true. Um... And they can't figure out who he is, and he keeps sending these unsolicited, horrifying letters. It's John Cusack from the hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm actually like, even though I'm a scaredy cat, I think I uh, and Dad has told me the whole story, so like I know what happens. But um, I'm spoiler looking, alert! I'm looking forward to watching it. Yeah. So will that be like a season? 
Or will it be a... I don't know, actually, show? if it's a movie or a show. I have a feeling it's a show. Oh. Okay, I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, maybe, Darren, you could fact check that. If The Watcher's a show or a film. A film. A film. Um, another thing I was going to mention then. Have you ever seen Monster House? No. It's kind of like... It's actually a very good film. But it's kind of like child-friendly. Hmm. But... What you call him, Steve... Bushemi. <laughs> he voices so it's like these kids live across from this house. It's like what's the word on if a film's like not a cartoon but not real life? <laughs> like kind of a Pixar animated kind of yeah. Yeah, like a Pixar thing. So these kids are living across from a house and they keep calling it the monster house. But there's a real wholesome story at the end of it. Oh that sounds <laughs> But nice. it's actually a very good film, yeah. Steve Buscemi's my doppelganger. Nah, stop it. <laughs> You're going to dress up as him for Halloween. I wouldn't need to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dressed as Steve Jobs today, actually. Yeah, actually. <laughs> What's your three-word me- three method today? <laughs> Apple. <laughs> Apple, glasses, monochrome. <laughs> yeah. The Watchers going to be a series. Oh, The Watchers is a series. On Netflix. On Netflix. Oh. And all right, and the, do you know how many episodes? Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't give all the details. Uh, um, well, hopefully it'll be good. It's starring Naomi Watts and Bobby Cannavale. Cannonvale, you know him? No, Naomi Watson's good. Yeah, he's really good as well. You'd know him if you've seen him. He's actually married to you know the actress Rose Byrne. From bridesmaids and oh, yeah. bad neighbors, they're married, and oh, she's married to him. Oh yes, yeah. Mm. So, seven, episodes, episodes. seven episodes is doable. So it's seven episode series. Um, I'll keep you posted. Yeah. So I had Monster House to mention, and then Nightmare Before Christmas, which is one of my favorite films. Oh yeah, God, I haven't watched that half enough. The Nightmare. I think Before I watch Christmas. that every Halloween as well. So that's yeah. like Tim Burton, obviously. You're ninety-five percent. I am. I just love his aesthetic. Mm. He's good. Jack Skellington. He's a great lad. I'd say he's mm. tall too. Six yeah. foot four. <laughs> Must watch that soon, actually. How much mm. did you say I got in Rotten Tomatoes? 95%. Oh, wow. I see there's like a whole sing-along films of it as well. Like, mm. you know, there's so much music in it. It's got One such a big all that following. Oh, I love like it. People get tattoos of it and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Jack's a, Skellington's a sound lad. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, back to when I was mentioning Day Shift. I was going to mention, now I had kind of half the story last week. Have you ever heard of the legend of Averta? No. The legend of Averta? Yeah. So basically. Me shaking my head on the <laughs> podcast. No. <laughs> well, I don't know am I pronouncing that right. Averta. A-B-H-A-T-A-C. Mm-hmm. So apparently it was this dwarf and he was known as the Dairy Vampire. Right. So Bram Stoker apparently like took inspiration from this legend as well. So it was this guy, it was in County Derry. Uh, this is like hundreds of years ago, maybe even more. But he was just a nasty piece of work and he was really bad to the local people. P- 
people called upon a local chieftain. They came and they killed him. Mm-hmm. But he came back to life. And he came looking for like the blood of all the people. Mm-hmm. He was killed again. <laughs> You're like, mm. he was killed again by this chieftain. But the chieftain had gone to a druid to see how to keep this guy dead, basically. Mm-hmm. So he said that you have to kill him with a sword made from a yew tree. And this is all getting a bit technical now. Kill him with <laughs> kill him with a sword made from yew tree. And then bury him upside down with a rock on top of it. Okay. Okay. So anyway, eventually done that, your man. And then they had a hawthorn bush. The hawthorn bush was beside it. But anyway, so this was the whole story. And this was meant to be like where the legend of vampires came from. And Bram Stoker got... His inspiration Inspiration from, from it. But... The place, it's in County Derry. It's referred to locally as the Giant's Grave, ironically, of course, because mm-hmm. this guy was meant to have been a dwarf. And it's called Sla- Slaherwerty Dolman. Sla? Yeah. So you can actually go and visit. Well, I think it's in a field with like loads of cattle and whatnot. Mm. But it's really a place. Got to be like a fairly authentic Halloween endeavour. Mm-hmm. And apparently there's loads of things during the years that like they couldn't move the dolmen that's on top and loads of different spooky occurrences yeah. around it. Yeah. So I just thought I'd mention mm. that when I was mentioning vampires. That's good. Trivia. If they got Jamie Foxx in the job, it would have been. <laughs> he would have been done sorted. far quicker. <laughs> <laughs> With his charisma. Yeah. So hmm. that was the crack there. So that's all in TV Guide. Yeah, well, speaking of dairy, had I just, like, as again in a Halloween episode, it would be, we would be remiss not to talk about dairy at Halloween. Yes. Um, it's Europe's biggest Halloween festival. Um, and it's been going for 35 years. Yeah. And it's voted the best Halloween destination in the world. Isn't that mental? Hmm. Like, that's class. Like, when you think places like New York. <laughs> yeah, but Derry just, I suppose, like, the way that it's the walled city yeah. and it's just yeah. got all this kind of cool so heritage. cultural. Yeah. Um, so you had a wee bit of info about how it started. My oh, yeah. bet that I had was that it was, um, I don't know if you can verify this, that it started as a, a fancy dress party. In a pub called the Castle Bar in 1985. Is that where? Is that the same info yes. you had on? Well, I didn't have the name of the pub, but it was in 1985. It was the height of the troubles, and the pub landlord was called Brian Darty. So, what was the pub called? Did you say the Castle Bar? The Castle Bar. <laughs> yeah, very good. Um, so yeah, this guy Brian Darty decided to throw a Halloween party at the pub, and people landed just for an opportunity to enjoy themselves. They got posters done out and they prizes for the best costume. So they said there was about like 50 to 60 people there arriving in fancy dress. And basically at the time, because it was the middle of the troubles, there ended up, there was a bomb scare. So this guy, Brian Darty said that they had to evacuate the premises as quickly as possible. So everyone piled out onto the street and basically they had a hoolie on the street. That's class. And then it was down Shipkey Street. Mm. So a lot of the other bars then kind of piled out and everyone got involved. Yeah, Yeah. I was reading up then that the the local council got involved to fall. 
you know, like formalize it and sponsor it and invest yeah. a little bit of money into it. Because I think the fireworks didn't start then to the 90s mm. because I think it was illegal at the time to have fireworks. Oh, back maybe. Back in the 80s, yeah. So, yeah, usually it goes on, it starts on the 28th of October and it ends obviously on the 31st of October with the fireworks happening on the 31st. The 31st is usually like the big, big event in Derry where everyone gets dressed up um, in really elaborate costumes mm-hmm. to go and watch Like the you look like an oddball going into Derry, not dressed up. Yeah, like on the 31st for the fireworks, it's mandatory mm-hmm. to be dressed up. So actually on that note, we were thinking about what people might dress up as this year. Oh, yeah. The costume predictions for Halloween 2022. Mm-hmm. I only had I was two say predictions. 2020. <laughs> was not a time machine Move there. on. <laughs> <laughs> My predictions were people probably still dress up as Squid Game contestants. Yes. And I haven't watched this, but that Dahmer thing, people would dress up as him. Oh. Oh. But people probably will dress I up know, as him. They probably will, yeah. And actually, I can't see, because you know, this is in the show about Jeffrey Dahmer that's on Netflix, but you know, like the kind of glasses that he wore. Mm-hmm. I actually seen somebody wearing those glasses when I was away there and I was like, oh, that's not a good look. No, it must be unfortunate if somebody dropped like a few hundred quid and spec savers on them, like thinking oh. they were going for a, a cool retro 70s vibe. Yeah. And no, you're going for serial murder vibe. <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate. But so also yeah, it could be convenient for the Halloween costume. Oh, it would be. Mm-hmm. It would indeed. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's actually a good prediction. I was kind of lazy. I didn't really think of predictions. I was reading different predictions online. Well, you online. researched them, so that's not lazy. I did. (laughs) (laughs) So I seen one thing and I thought, Jesus, you might jump on that. The coaches from Ted Lasso. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Oh, yeah. It's very easy. Like, Mm. do you think people don't know what they're talking about? Coach from Ted Lasso because he always wore cool tracksuits. Like coach is the coolest character ever. Oh, is there there not coaches? No, there isn't. There aren't coaches, plural. There's just coach. That's his name. (laughs) Oh. And then there's the footballers. No, I thought I seen coaches. But I seen there was three in these like blue tracksuits. Well, maybe they were dressing up as Ted Lasso and then he's got a coach and a a coaching assistant. So maybe they were dressing up as that trio. Yeah, I think it was a trio. Mm. Yeah. That would be a very good idea for, well, not for anybody really, yeah. So Barbie core then, you know, the Barbie movie coming out. Oh, yeah. With Margot Robbie and Ryan Ryan Gosling. Gosling, yeah. So they think there'll be a lot of Barbie core. And Kim Kardashian at the Met Gala in her Marilyn Monroe dress. That'd be quite hard to do. I don't know how you would replicate that. (laughs) You were like, let's not go there again. (laughs) Oh, I didn't. That's why I was laughing when I was writing it down. I was like, oh. You could go and take the piss and have it like ripped at the back. Oh, yeah, that would be quite funny. <laughs> or, yeah, because like, I don't know how you would really, you'd have to go out and buy like a, a gold square yeah. neck dress. But Or mm. you could, yeah, yeah, nice. People might try it some way. Yeah. And then Bridgerton. Oh, yeah. They're thinking like, but again, that's quite elaborate for a Halloween yeah, outfit. You need a big budget. I'm kind of losing the spirit of Halloween and being frightening. Mm. But I suppose, yeah, that's the whole... 
you're just trying to be on trend. You, like you we used to be great at Halloween costumes. I was, yeah. But then there was a pandemic and nobody really got dressed up. And yeah, because you remember you one year you'd like um like a zipper face. Oh yeah, everybody done one. that. Yeah, what? And then the, your alien one. Oh yeah, yeah. Can't remember. I Marge can't even remember what it. Yeah, Marge Simpson. <laughs> Marge Simpson was good, actually. Yeah, it was really I made good. The, oh, but remember I had such a headache because I made her <laughs> hair out of a yoga mat and you would not believe the weight of a yoga mat on your head. <laughs> yeah. For fucking three or four hours. Uh, oh, God, yeah. I was oh, like, it was worth oh, it. migraine. And then, yeah, covered myself in yellow paint and I had ping pong balls for eyes. And mm, that was a dedicated costume. Yes, it was. Yeah, like, well, could somebody just, you know, throw a Halloween party again? Because... Yeah. We never get an opportunity. I would like to dress up. Yeah. I do have an idea for a costume, but <gasps> it's more like kind of. Can you spill? I know, I can't spill. Cause In I'm case really... you dress up. Well, you'll get it actually, but because you've been exposed to the character. Oh. The I, prick. Can, I can say no more than that. No, it's not <laughs> the prick. Jesus, that'd be very tough. Like, I need to go to a prosthetics department. <laughs> <laughs> and we're talking about the prick from Bad Sisters for anyone who's like, who's the prick? <laughs> what about with your nasal spray? Oh my god, yeah, nasal <laughs> spray. I like those pink trousers. Oh yeah, when he got rescued, yeah. Or when he got picked up from the yeah. hospital, yeah. That'd actually be a great outfit. That would be. It would be very niche. Very but niche. <laughs> yes, very funny. <laughs> very funny. So, yeah, that's about the height of my predictions. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we would need an excuse to get dressed up. She so never know where the where the night will take us. Hmm. So, you were mentioning dairy there. I just noticed as well, like pumpkin patches are a big thing now, aren't they? Yeah, they really are. Everything kind of mix its way over here because they would have been a big thing in the States well, for is years. Is there turnip patches? Turnip <laughs> patches? Who the fuck would pay into a turnip patch? That's, that's the, you know, the yeah, origin the story of the Yeah, yeah. Maybe you could start a turnip patch. A turnip patch? Yeah. Actually, on that note, I have a story for you. Mm-hmm. Is it scary? <laughs> have you ever heard the story of Stingy Jack? No. Okay, I'll tell you the story of Stingy Jack. This is a bit a bit less serious than the dwarf vampire from Derry. So, <laughs> so Stingy Jack again, several centuries ago, mm-hmm. he was like this drunkard, deceiver, manipulator. He was just an all round, dare I call him a prick, mm-hmm. <laughs> for want of a better word. Yes, um, he was just. Not not a good character. So the devil heard about him and he decided to come for him. So as a last request, Stingy Jack, he said, oh, can we go for a, can we go for a drink in the local pub? Mm-hmm. Skirt stop. Oh, Stingy Jack. <laughs> so anyway, the devil heard about him, came from, took him then, his last request was to go to the local pub. So he took a load of drinks. And the devil had no money then to pay for the tab. Classic right? devil. Come on, devil. Oh, I left devil a card at home. Revolute. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Jack convinced him to turn into a coin. Right? Jack's, mm-hmm. he's, he's, crafty. he's crafty. Master manipulator. So he convinced him to turn into a coin. And when the devil turned into a coin, 
Jack put the coin in his pocket. Mm-hmm. Okay. But in his pocket also was a crucifix. <laughs> and this prevented the devil being able to turn back. So the devil was trapped. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for his freedom, he made a deal with Jack. He said, oh, if you let me escape from being a coin, I'll leave you alone for 10 years. So that was grand. He escaped and he left Jack alone for 10 years. So anyway, Jack went on and he was drinking and blackguarding and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And 10 years later, the devil came back from again. And Jack, being the cute whore that he is, (laughs) he said, can I get an apple? I'm starving. Can that be my last request? Mm -hmm. So the devil agreed to it. They were near an apple tree. The devil climbed up the apple tree to get an apple from but Jack surrounded the tree with crucifixes and the devil was stuck in the tree. Mm-hmm. Okay. So anyway, they made a deal again. So this time the deal that Jack made with them was for the devil never to take his soul to hell. So anyway, mm-hmm. that was grand. The devil agreed to it. So anyway, devil left. Jack drank, drank, drank. Manipulated people, he was stingy, etc., etc., and he eventually died. So he was stopped at Heaven's Gates then, and they said, Look, at you've had a sinful lifestyle, so you can't come in here. You mm. need to make your way to hell. <laughs> <laughs> so, as the story goes, he got to hell, and the devil was like, Look, at, I'm at a deal. I can't take you in here either. Mm-hmm. So, he said, Jack, you need to be on your way. So Jack said, do you mind? Uh, like, it's very, it's very dark out here. So the devil apparently gave him a glowing ember, a coal ember. Mm-hmm. And Jack apparently placed it in his favorite vegetable of the time, a turnip. So he had a glowing ember in a turnip. And mm-hmm. that's what he wandered through good. The plane between good and evil. Oh. So... People would have known him as then Jack of the Lantern. Well, that's where it came or from. Jack O'Lantern. That the turnip, like what? What were you doing with a turnip, Jack? Yeah, why did he have a turnip? You were such a bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> turnip isn't a cool vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I didn't know that was the story of the well, Jack O'Lantern. And I looked up numerous places, but that's apparently the legend of it. Well, that's good. Mm. Turnip, though, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't look at turnips the same way. I was in Tesco the last day and I was like, how could people carve you? I know, we still need to try it. <laughs> we really do. Darren, what the, oh my God, we're watching feckin' The Omen in the background. Monkeys. And like, as if Damien wasn't scary enough. Now there's like baboons everywhere. Red butts. Yeah, oh my gosh, harrowing. Um, oh, speaking of kind of soul-related trivia. So, Ooh. you know, mummies. Mummy. <laughs> yes. Well, what do you think? Like they're what you know when you think of them. What are they like wrapped up in? Toilet roll. No, I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to think. What did they have access to back in the day? In ancient Egypt. Um. Pigskin. No, did they have pigs <laughs> back then? <laughs> what kind of pigs have you seen? <laughs> Ones with tough skin. <laughs> Well, they were wrapped in linen. I was going to say linen, but I thought it was too easy. No, it was linen. I'm obsessed with linen at the minute. I'll save my all the they rest. They went into H&M and got a few 
linen trousers. <laughs> Put them in strips <laughs> before summer. <laughs> um, I'll tell you all my linen trivia maybe next week because it's yeah. my new obsession. But right, because <sighs> I'm raging, I didn't say linen. I know, because yeah, you would have known it really. Linen protected the body against moisture, which causes decomposition. So why is that aspect of linen important when it comes to mummies? Because they didn't want them to... Well, according to the religion of the ancient Egyptians, in order to make it to the afterlife, the body had to look as close to living as possible. While after death, the soul was believed to initially leave the body, if everything went well and it didn't get eaten by Amit the Devourer, the soul would return to the body. Amish the devourer. Yeah. See no stingy Jack. <laughs> Jack and Amit. Of course, <laughs> in order to find the correct body, they had the soul had to be able to recognize it and find it in a usable condition when it returned. And that meant it had to be perfectly preser- preserved, which linen provided. Oh my God. Yeah. Interesting, eh? <laughs> Charles, why are you laughing? <laughs> he's like why are you buying so he's much like, linen he's like why are you still shitting on about linen <laughs> yeah well, so I thought that was kind of interesting yeah that is oh um, actually something I forgot to mention um, during TV Guide as well was um, a show on TG Keher that me and my family oh. used to watch every Wednesday. <laughs> and if any listeners have watched this, like, please let's bond over it because there's very little online about it. And it was called Maru. A very niche following. Yeah. <laughs> so it was called Maru and it was like an hour long and they would pick an old Irish murder story and like recreate it. But there'd be a narrator who would kind of like walk into the scene, you know, and like break the fourth wall and talk in Irish, kind of spooky mixture of English and Irish about the murder story. Um, and his name was Tony Devlin. And we thought he was just hilarious. Like, um, <laughs> And then I was saying to Trish last week, that, like, <laughs> we watched this as a family years and years ago every Wednesday. And it was like so bad. It was good kind of thing. Because the reenactment acting was pretty bad. But the stories were good. And Tony was great. Tony, you were stellar. Mm -hmm. So dad started ringing me one night then. I was actually down in RD with Jennifer. And um, (laughs) dad was like, someone here wants to chat to you. And your man Tony had like a famous catchphrase he would say. And I can't remember. It was an Irish. It was something like... um, Solu Cav or what what would what would rest sleep peacefully, Darren would be like Kalu Sav or something. It started like that. It was like Kalu Sav Augusti Kurma. It was something like that. And um he said the famous line to me over the phone then and we were howling laughing and like somebody took a picture of him and dad and sent it to me and he was just like, Okay, I've never been like approached by a fan before. Maru. Maru. Oh, Is there a father in there somewhere? M A R U Fuda. M A R U Fuda. What's that in English? Death. I thought M-A-R-B-H. Yeah, there must be two different spellings or something. Maybe Marrow's murder. Darren, you're the Gale Gore here. I believe so, yeah. Marrow could be murder. Oh. So if anybody can actually get Marrow for me on like um, a USB or something, I would love to watch it again. 
The whole, the full collection. <laughs> yes. It had a few seasons though, didn't it? It had five seasons. It's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. You would love it. I'm mad to watch it. I don't know how we'd get it. Tony. Yeah, Tony Devlin. I wonder Tony what Devlin. he's doing now. So, yes, that's all the crack with Maru. Um, I'm just looking now. What else was I going to mention? Oh, I had a, <laughs> I had a little game thing that I was going to mention last week. A game. A wee game. Fun for children or drunk adults alike. (laughs) So I've done this a few times. And if you if you go on Pinterest, like there's mountains of ideas. But have you ever heard of the mystery field boxes? Mystery field boxes? Mystery field boxes. No. So basically you get I think when I done it, I'd like a few bowls or whatever, and then I'd like a black bin bag because you know. You need a stock of them at Halloween. (laughs) And I'd like cut it up and you put different food items in the bowl. Oh, right. And then you cut a little hole and then you have to guess what it is. You have to go in blind and like feel it and guess what it is. Oh, God, yeah. So there was a few (laughs) These are a few things that I'd done. And um, there's loads of ideas on Pinterest, but like you could use any food thing you want and like put a name to it. So peeled grapes. Mm hmm. Can be put in as eyeballs. Ah. Uh, witch's tongue could be a sliced banana. Mm-hmm. Which oh, a sliced banana feels disgusting. Yeah, May it really does. Cooked rice. Any ideas what that is? Like innards or something. What the hell's an innard? <laughs> 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 what is an innard? Like just your inner or guts and organs or something. No. Innard. Yeah. Is that not a word? I don't know. Fact check that for next week. I don't know. I, I never heard of it. All right. I have a pain in my innard. <laughs> Your innard is hanging oh, out. My innard is killing me. <laughs> no, so cooked rice, maggots. Oh, maggots, yeah. Which okay. is highly <laughs> triggering for me. That would just be the worst thing ever. Mm. Cocktail sausages as toes. Oh, yuck. They'd be quite stumpy toes. You could mm. put in. No, never mind. <laughs> Witch's fingernails, sliced almonds, Ew. and pickles, frogs and toads. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I threw in a few odd things. I threw in a bit of beans as well. I didn't really know what it was, but just didn't feel great. Yeah. And then cooked spaghetti, brains. So yeah, there's loads of different ideas you could do. That would be a really fun one to do. Yeah. It would be disgusting. It's actually hilarious to watch kids yeah. do it. It's the fear of the unknown yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, yeah, that's a really good game. So there's so many ideas. But like, it's really simple, like, because you can just do it, like, you could do it on a whim as long as you've bowled stuff in a bin bag and just put the bin bag over it and just cut a little hole. Mm. Or you can go all out on Pinterest. Just yeah. fact check. Uh, oh, go on there. <laughs> Darren's fact check. What's an innard? Innard, as the organs inside a person or animal or the inside parts of a machine. And the innard. organs inside a person or an animal or the inside parts of a machine. Well, is now. Innards. innards. I-N-N-A-R-D-S. Every day is a school day, for I never knew that. Yeah. That's probably not really a normal, like, term. It's a bit of a Ichabod Crane term, is it? <laughs> With you and that name. I just love saying it. <laughs> Ichabod Crane. 
Yeah. Yeah. But it is like a turmeric about cranberry juice. Mm -hmm. So that's all the crack, Marie. Mm -hmm. That's all the crack I have. Yeah. I just, well, I don't know. I had one or two tiny spooky memories. (laughs) (laughs) this isn't a therapy session (laughs) i'll just unpack my trauma (laughs) i'm like okay well one time this is very quick but when me i lived obviously when i was growing up i lived in a very very rural place dewey along the atlantic drive and there weren't that many of us kids around like us humans (laughs) us humans and um a few of us like we were always like very bored as well because um, we lived quite far from the shops, etc. Not that we were bored, obviously. Like, it was a beautiful place. with was, like, a class beach and whatever else. But we're always wandering about looking for mischief. And there was an old... What used to be an old shop. So there was, like, three buildings. And there, what was, like, an old store, an old shop. And it was, like, all derelict. It hadn't been used in years and years. But, say, like, when Mum was growing up, it was a fully functioning wee shop, like... Mm-hmm. So we were always kind of hanging around up there when we were away. And like then we were always like, oh, we try and get into it. Um, so one day we got in. We got in as far as the store. And we were like, oh, my God, we're in. Like, And it was really <laughs> spooky and dark. And a book fell. Oh, Christ. And we, me and my friend Danielle, we opened the book on the first page. The first word was no. Tavsha. Like the Irish for ghost. And we just through the book and ran for our lives like are you serious yeah is this shop still there yeah we should do like most haunted get like the night vision cameras <laughs> oh my god see if the book's still there <laughs> oh stop it i am not yeah we could be <laughs> yeah we should go no, down I'd in daylight never be, i'd never be able go down in daylight i'll show you where it is anyway yeah. and you can do them what you will afterward and then another slightly spooky Dewey, Dewey spooky related Dewey. story. <laughs> spooky Dewey. Um, whenever, so mum is like totally practical and not into like murder or horrors or anything like that. Um, and one time she was on a walk around Dewey, like a bit further over, and there was an old house and she was just thinking about, um, oh, the wee man that lived in that house. And he was actually a horologist to fix his clock and she oh was thinking and he had God. a very distinctive raspy voice and she just thought on him and she like mum would be very like you know quite she's spiritual and religious and she just says oh, i must say we prayer for him he was a lovely man and then and she was walking on the buggy with my brother in the buggy or whatever and my brother kept like waving and like oh. smiling at, and there was nobody there and then the next thing like and there was a brave stretch ahead of her and the horologist man used to cycle, like he'd cycle to down in St. Curry-Gart for his messages and stuff. And the next thing, this man came around the corner on a bike and with the like same raspy voice just says, hello, how are you? <laughs> and who was that man? The ghost of the horologist, obviously. God of oh Christ. Because it was like his Was his voice. name John Joe? John Joe the clock boy? No, I don't know. The clock boy after the toy show. Yeah. I can't remember what his name was, but God, rather horologist. Yeah, would that that would be quite an uncommon job of the time, would it? Mm, I suppose someone needs to fix clocks. Yeah, it's niche (laughs) anyway. Like, yeah, we actually need one at the moment. My clock fell. Any local horologists out (laughs) there? Get in touch. (laughs) The next thing a man will cycle past the window. Oh, stop it now! I have to drive home. (laughs) 
<laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so, yeah, that's all my crack. Apart from, oh, I have a wee Halloween joke. Oh, go on. This is a Halloween meme. It's entitled Beautiful Disaster. So, this is last night after I thought all the trick or treaters were gone, a boy about 12 years old came to the door. This is a bit triggering, maybe, for some people. Oh, God. He was dressed all in red. Instead of saying trick or treat, he goes, I'm your period. Sorry, I'm late. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> he got the rest of my sweets and he restored all my faith in his generation. <laughs> that was brilliant. Oh, that, like, yeah. For a young boy to have such an understanding of the menstrual period. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Well, I, yeah, that was a good joke. I enjoyed it. Mm, that's good. Thoroughly. <laughs> They're the kind of costumes we like to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that movie, Big Red. It's very good on the topic. It's Is not that a horror or anything. About, yeah. What's it about? It's like about this wee girl and she's like 13 and there's, um, through her Asian heritage, there was some kind of a, like, a thing around a certain date where her mum got them cursed so that whenever her cycle began, she turned into like a big red bear every time she got her you know, thingy. Um, and then she would be she'd be like an out of control, like big bear and she'd have to hide and everything because her mum like annoyed somebody years before during some ritual that's a very unusual concept it's so funny sounds funny like it's actually hilarious Mm. i'd highly rate it i would the big red big red isn't that what it's called i don't know maybe it's just called red oh it's on disney plus oh it's on disney plus Mm -hmm. very good so i suppose we'll be ending this episode now with the exclusive Yes, we're ending this episode with a ghost story um, that we promised from last week. So we will be adding that story now. We hope you all enjoyed enjoy it. Um, and thanks for tuning in to our Halloween special, part one and two. Next week we'll be back with the, the ordinary crack. <laughs> and you can give us your feedback on the Halloween stuff on at no other crack underscore pod and don't forget to keep kind of sharing the pod around and tagging us and letting your friends know if you think they'd be interested in listening that's all the crack we'll chat next week let's head now enjoy the story all right bye 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 in the year 1899 bridget and tom doherty lived on a secluded mountain farm in northwest donegal They had been married over 20 years and uh, had no children. They went about their daily routine. Um, She tended to the house while he tended to the farm. They were an agreeable enough couple and the neighbours got on with them. One night in November, in the midst of a storm, at around about half past ten, a knock came to their front door. The couple seemed surprised, but the custom at the time was to make any traveller welcome. They opened the door. A tall man, well over six foot, entered dressed in black. He was taken to the fire 
and a cup of tea was given to him. After he got this tea, he, he looked around slowly and said to them, you're a childless couple. We are, she said. Um, he paused briefly and said, what would you give for a child? She replied anxiously, I'd give my soul for a child, my soul. The stranger nodded and smiled. No more was said that night. The couple retired to bed, and in the morning the stranger was gone. Within a month of his visit, the woman of the house was pregnant. But strange things began occurring in the parish and neighbouring land. Leaves had fallen off the trees early. No birds were singing round the area. Crops failed in the fields. Cattle that were in calves aborted their calves. Sheep farmers complained about strange things happening. Dead carcasses of sheep were found out on the mountains. Before long, the neighbours began to suspect the couple. Something definitely strange was afoot. Her own husband died in agony within five months, screaming and begging for a priest. When the elderly parish priest came, gave him the last rites, he knew something evil was living within the walls of the house. When the time for her to give birth came, neighbours nearby could hear the screams. No midwife or neighbour, no friend or family attended the birth. Both her and the thing, as neighbour said, passed away. Nobody went near the house for a period of a week. Eventually, two braver neighbours, who were less suspicious of the general population, decided they would do the decent thing. The parish priest wouldn't allow her to be buried in the graveyard. So the two neighbours took her and her unborn, or her stillborn, demon child, and buried them on a spot known locally as Unpoldu. People who wandered there in the years since have heard screaming in the mountains. They've seen strange little creatures dancing round at night. If you're brave enough to go journey down this road, you're a better person than me. Good night.